In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson. Colonel Bill DeMarco currently serves as the Chair in Dean of Education Leadership Department for the Air Force, as well as Professor of Leadership Studies for Air Command and Staff College at Maxwell Air Force Base in Alabama. This is the schoolhouse for all Air Force senior leaders. He was a commander at the squadron, group, and region level, as well as serving as Air Command and Staff College's 44th Commandment. Bill is also an adjunct professor with Auburn University in leadership. He served as a National Security Affairs Fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution, a fellow at the Judge Business School, Cambridge University, England, as well as a senior associate with Giant Worldwide Leadership Consulting. He is the CEO of the Mastermind Century Group, and a doctorate candidate at Middlesex University, London. He started as an Air Force pilot, having qualified in five different aircraft. He holds three master's degrees and is a graduate of the United States Air Force's School of Advanced Air and Space Studies. And welcome to the People Catalyst podcast, Bill DeMarco. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Are you kidding? We're super, super excited about having you on the podcast here, Bill. Talk about somebody in leadership, right, especially with the uh, United States Air Force and um, the Air Command and Staff College you've been the chair of for quite some time now. So tell us, Bill, how did you, you know, start this entire journey of leadership? Boy, Carla, you know, leadership, um, first of all, I, I state the obvious. I mean, leadership is, is a passion, but um, you know, for me as a young guy, I really wanted to uh, go fast and uh, I had a fast car. I surfed. I did all those kind of things. And I thought, well, what's faster than a 1972 Camaro? And I figured <laughs> it was a jet airplane. So um, I, uh, I decided, yeah, exactly. I wanted to join the Air Force and fly airplanes and, and really the whole service and leadership and all that. I would love to tell you that I was driven by all of those things. But, but I really wasn't. I was driven by flying airplanes and, and going fast and all the uh, Top Gun and all the other stuff that was flying around in the uh, Hey, you know, the I hear 80s. that next one's coming out, like what, June 28th or 26th? Yeah, you know. It's a date. Hey, Maverick, he's too old. <laughs> yeah, he's, he should have been out a while ago. I don't know. But um, yeah, so I mean, I, that was what started it, you know, and I, I started flying airplanes and I loved it. And then I kept thinking, there's something more here. And that more really was this idea of leadership. And it wasn't about the airplanes. It really was about service. And, you know, the Air Force is a great place to learn about that. I learned a lot about that in my uh, undergraduate work. I went to the Citadel, and there was a lot about service there. Um, and also, you know, a place like the Citadel is an interesting place to learn how to lead because it's a 24-7 leadership laboratory. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just such a, a wonderful experience. I started realizing that when you start leading, you get people together, uh, you're so much bigger than yourself. You know, oh, if Bill can do so X, you know, Bill and a team, and it doesn't matter if I'm leading or somebody else is leading, but with a team, we can do so much more. So how do we multiply that? And how do we, you know, uh, do things for the greater good? And that's kind of what I looked about with the Air Force. Mm, I love that. I love our armed service, our services. Thank you so much for your service too. Um, Thank you. And so let's let's take a look at you know kind of four pillars that you 
and we've talked about in regards to leadership, right? So one is definitely having that mindset that you're in it there to serve others, right? Um, I always yes. love Simon Sinek's book, uh, uh, Leaders Eat Last, right? Because you're there focusing on how can you make this better. So can you share with us a little bit in regards to how strategic thinking rolls into that leadership role of thinking about others and being in service to others? You know, um, you know, you're right. First of all, it's all about serving others. And I think that's one thing as leaders we have to realize is leadership is so not about you. It's so not about the leader. Uh, it's about the people that you serve. It's about clearing out the, uh, you know, the poop uh, for those around you uh, to serve. But when I talk about clearing out that garbage, you have to know what are you clearing it out for and where are you going, um, not only as the leader, but as a unit, uh, and I don't care whether that's corporate America, the military, or what have you. I had a boss uh, ask me, uh, he was one of the best squadron commanders I ever had, uh, retired as a two-star uh, Kip Self. And uh, he was an amazing squadron commander. And when I got squadron command, he pulled me aside and he said, I have a question for you. Why would anybody want to be part of your unit? And the answer is always, well, because they have to be. You know, in the military, you don't have a choice. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But that wasn't what he was getting at. He was getting at, you know, when he was a squadron commander, he had great vision uh, for the unit. And back then it was mm-hmm. a 16th Airlift Squadron, which still is out at Charleston. And, um, you know, he really did create a strategic vision for where the squadron was going. And uh, he was a great mentor. And so when I became, you know, a, a new squadron commander, I felt... I need to have a vision with where we're going. And mm-hmm. I was in the 15th AMOS, Air Mobility Operations Squadron, and we decided that we were going to be the masterminds of mobility. You know, we wanted to be the smartest kids on the block when it came to anything about air mobility. And so we built this strategy around how do we get there? And the thing is, it's not just about the leader's vision, although ultimately I believe the leader is the one who casts the vision, but mm-hmm. it's getting people to come alongside the leader and bring their unique capabilities to that vision. So when I think back to, you know, those years ago uh, with that first squadron, uh, I thought I had a great vision. But after the team got together, and you mentioned service, when the team got together and said, I see where you're going, boss, have you thought about this? And the leader says, no, I haven't. That's a great point. You know, more and more people start coming around that vision and that strategic thinking starts getting bigger and bigger. And it's amazing where you can go when the team's on board with your vision. Yeah. Well, you're just rolling into this next point I wanted to bring up, which is just, you know, each individual's natural leadership abilities. Because I think a lot of times we just look at, oh, it's the leader. And you're right. The ultimate leader does cast the vision, right? They cast the why we're doing what we're doing. But identifying those natural leadership abilities in each individual in the team and and having that diversity, uh, can you share with us a little bit about, you know, the importance of of that and understanding those natural leadership abilities in your team? Yeah, it's interesting because I I think, you know, uh, we look at the military and there's somewhere, somehow there's a stereotypical military leader. Um, I don't know where that person is or where she exists, (laughs) but we have that in our mind. And and I think as a young person- They have a nice uniform, Bill. That's it. And I, I thought that, well, I think I knew. And, you know, I grew up loving uh, everything about General Patton. And as I got older, mm. I realized General Patton had a lot of, <laughs> he had a lot of stuff going on there. I mean, but, but I thought, man, Patton is the ultimate leader. I'm not Patton. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I started learning that I do X really well, but I don't do Y really well. So should I do more X or should I do more Y? And then all of a sudden, like I talked about this team aspect, you find out that, that 
that girl next to you does why really well and she loves to do why. So mm-hmm. let her do it. You know what I mean? Yes. And then compliment her on it. And you say, you're really good at why. And you say, I'm not really good at why. And she's like, well, let me help you, boss. You yeah. know, and you're honoring her by letting her do what she does well and yeah, then recognizing it, her. Absolutely, Bill. And then on top of that, not only do they want to be more of what they're brilliant at, but what I have found is that when people have a brilliance about them and they're absolutely like hands down, dang, you're great at that. It's the very thing that they don't think is a big deal. They're just yes. like, well, come on. It's, you know, well, that's easy. Right. Yeah, and so Carla, you're so right. It's those things that yeah. are easy. Right? You, you catch them doing the easy and you want what's easy for them and what's great for them. Because unfortunately, most people only spend about 8% of their day in their brilliance and they trudge through the mud the rest of the day. And I think that's really super uh, critical um, that you pointed out, Bill, here in regarding to like, you know, identify what that is. And want more of that instead of saying, oh, but this is what the job description is. So, mm-hmm. sorry. Like, you know, having the work fit the people versus trying to meld a person. You know, we always call it roundness training. We always know don't put a square peg in a round hole. <laughs> so, instead of like changing the hole, we change, try to change the person. Or we're going to make you round. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that doesn't work sound that very though. good. No, it's I don't want to be round. <laughs> yeah, I like exactly. being edgy. I don't want to be round. Yeah, um, exactly. It, you know, to, to on that point, Carl, let's just share that that and I mean, you know, you you I know you're very aware of things like these tools. I mean, Myers Briggs typology, mm-hmm. um, the tool that that your company uses, uh, Jeff DeGraff, I, I work with him up at Michigan and he's an innovation guy. He has a great tool. And, and there's these tools that, that really kind of, I think, are great to help you understand who you are. Mm-hmm. And we use, like in our department, actually, at the Air Command and Staff College, we use Myers-Briggs Typology Index only because it's been around a long time, you know, and, and yeah, when people realize- Yeah, do you know that realize, started out, Bill, in the Greek ages? That's how yes, long the original roots of that go. It's yes. pretty amazing. Yeah, and it is a great behavioral and personality uh, profile for sure. But you got to have something to look at to understand, like you said, to, you, you know, you might think you're a great fill in the blank, a great innovator, a great strategist, a great people person, but, but you've got to find ways to assess that, you know, and, and however that, however you choose to do that, it could just be ask people, Hey, I'm a great people person. Don't you agree? And they're like, uh, no, Bill, you're, you're not a people person. <laughs> oh, wow. That it's hurts. so true. When we do our assessment, it's funny because we'll have people that are like, that's not me. And we just give them the assignment. Go ask the five people closest to you. And of course, yes. most of them go, well, of course, that's exactly like you. Well, it's, you know, when you're inside, it's really hard to see from the vantage point. It's the same reason, Bill, that you can go into a company or go into a squadron or go into a group and, and easily say, well, hello, this is your stopping, you know, this is your um, a bottleneck. This is what's mm-hmm. holding you back. Because when you're there and doing it every single day, you know, it, it, it's hard to get that vantage point of pointing out, you know, you might want to take a look at this. And, and that's how we all walk around this world, right? That are, That's why consultants, coaches, trainers, right, are so critical in continuing to be a student of learning and getting better. And, and as we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, being that hungry, right, that hungry for knowledge that you talk about in uh, your TEDx talk. So share with us a little bit, and I think I'm going to dump these two into one bucket that you can talk about. They're not mutually exclusive, but they're kind of similar. 
is also the other aspect of how leaders really need to be creative because it's an art in a science, right? You can have whatever tool you want, but it's usually not going to solve the exact problem at that moment, right? Um, and, but we utilize these tools for creativity and in, in, in identifying the creativeness that comes with leadership. Uh, and then after talking about that a little bit, how you can apply that to innovation with your team mm. in getting things done. Yeah. Um, and this was something that, that I, I think back on and I'm like, it seems so obvious, but, but I, I started kind of in my mind several years ago, running through the best leaders that I've worked for and what did those best leaders have in common? Um, mm. and, and like I said, this is obvious, but understanding leadership is, is one of the keys. And I don't know that all leaders really understand leadership. And I mean that in terms of, I don't care, theory. You mentioned Simon Sinek's book, Leaders Eat Last, a great book, but do you have theories and concepts in your mind, tools that you can pull on? Next is strategy, and we talked about strategic thinking. In other words, do you know where you're taking your organization? So once you get this leadership piece and then you start building the strategy piece, that's where I think the creativity comes in because you're gonna have to be creative when you're creating the strategy to achieve your vision. In other words, it's probably not going to be a checklist where you can say step one, step two, step three. So the best leaders, I think, are those who understand leadership and leadership theory, strategy, and in creative thinking. Yeah. Because and using the got, team to be agile, too, because yes. one thing as a leader is it doesn't have to be just about you. You can facilitate that as well. Absolutely. In your team. And that's one thing I have people tell me, well, I'm not creative. You don't have to be. You know, go back mm -hmm. to that thing we talked about with the idea of knowing yourself to lead yourself or, or who are you as a leader. If you're not the creative, that's fine. But when you look at the person next to you and you say, hey, you know what? You're real creative. I'm not. Can you help me? I have never as a leader had somebody that looked at me like, well, Bill, you're a terrible leader because you asked me for help. Usually it's the opposite, right? They yeah. say, oh, wow, the boss needs my help. I would love to help the boss. Mm -hmm. And now they're valued. So, yes. I mean, we had a, a person in our department, she moved on to a different job recently, very creative. And if people tell her, hey, you're creative, we need help. You think yeah. she's like, no, I don't have time right now. No, her, she'll oh, do it for, you'll yes. clear your schedule for it. That's what yes. I've found is, you know, and that's even people that have businesses and they're solopreneurs. I always tell them, list everybody out that's on your team. You do have a team. And if you're not the one that generates all the ideas, know who on your team is and go mm -hmm. to them because they do it for free. Because people, what's easy to them and what they enjoy, it's not like you have to have them on your payroll to be able to, uh, you know, extrapolate that. You know, they could be a customer, they could be a colleague, they could be, there's all these amazing people out in the world that you can, you know, um, be able to tap into their brilliance and, and bring them along with whatever that vision is that you're trying to get uh, accomplished. So share with us a little bit then, Bill, on how you can leverage you know, that creativity of uh, not only in yourself, but then with your team, and then applying that to innovation and, and not having that in, in a military world, you'll probably have a lot to add to this, is that you know, that's the way we do it. Right, because in corporate America it happens too, but of course in the military um, there's very strategic procedures, right? And flying aircraft, and um, yes. so share with us a little bit about how leaders can utilize that creativity, but then apply innovation to what they've already done in order to then um, uh, have that vision become a reality. Yeah, just a, a, a real short story. I, uh, I was just incredibly honored to be the ops group commander out at RAF Mildenhall uh, in the UK. 
And uh, they flew KC-135s, which is a tanker airplane. They do all of the, they own all the flying squadrons, the uh, airfield, intelligence, weather, all that kind of stuff. So that, that was my command. I'd never flown the KC-135 before. Uh, and so when I got the job, I thought, well, why would they hire me to be the you know, commander over these units when I've not done it? So I asked the wing commander, the, my boss, why would you hire me? And he said, because these guys are arguably the best in the world, but they need to get to the next level. And mm. I think you can get them there. Mm-hmm. And I said, of course, what's the next level? And he said, well, that's why I hired you. So <laughs> as I'm driving. Great leaders office, turn around and create great leaders, right, Bill? Yeah. So I start thinking, well, it's not going to be me teaching them how to fly the airplane. That's the obvious answer, right? To fly the plane better. It's going to be something different. And I started thinking it's all about leadership and innovation, creativity. So how do I do that? I felt like I knew a little bit about leadership. So I reached out to some folks that I knew in the leadership consulting world, like you talked about, and asked them for help. And they were honored to help. And then I started thinking, how do I learn about innovation and creativity? So I reached out to Cambridge University. Um, because they were about 30 minutes from our base and they have judge business school, which is, they teach courses there on innovation. So I, I took a course and ended up meeting the Dean, uh, long story longer. Um, he actually helped us create this culture of innovation. And one thing I realized was, um, I thought I knew a lot about it, but one person doesn't, it's unleashing mm-hmm. their creativity in your organization. So we set up a, a small little office that we figured we'd put two people in there that we thought were creative, and we would just try to clear out roadblocks for them to make things happen. Um, so they would bring their ideas to me, and I really would try to withhold judgment on the ideas. And there were times that I thought some of them were a little crazy, um, but I would let them run with the ideas, fund their ideas, and see what stuck. And over the two years that I was there, I mean, the stuff that came out of that office, and we had multiple people that rotated through the office was amazing. And a lot of those ideas I didn't think would be much, but they were, you know what I mean? The idea mm-hmm. was just oh, letting let me people... tell you, you can kill an idea with a look and yes. you allow that look not to happen and no judgment to happen from the idea. It's absolutely incredible and brilliant what can happen. It's yes. I've seen and it over and over again. So I totally get uh, what you're saying there, uh, Bill. For sure. Uh, and then coming here to the States, I, I ended up connecting with Michigan with Ross Business School up there and learning how they do things. And they have a, actually an interesting assessment tool uh, based on the competing values framework, uh, which then has this concept of everybody's an innovator. And, and I do believe that. And at the same time, I don't believe it, but I'll come back to that. The, the fact is, we always think the innovation guys or the creative guys are the ones with the crazy ideas. Um, those guys are ideaholics. I mean, you know, yep. they, you'll take one idea, they're going to poop out like four more. So the yeah. fact is that, that, yes, you need those crazy idea people, but you also need what I would call the, the, the athlete or the, you know, we talked about Myers-Briggs typology, but the, the NTs or the ENTJs, those are the guys that they, they want to win. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't yeah. mean win for I them. I like to pick the best idea, set of ideas, break it down yes. and create a strategic plan around That's what it. that is. So you, mm-hmm. you've got the crazy idea person that comes in and says, hey, boss, what do you think about this? And for me as an ENTJ, if there's even a glimmer of hope in that idea, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes I'll bowl over people. And I don't mean that like because I'm all about Bill. I just mean I'm passionate about the idea. I got to get it going. And I need the people people to tell me, hey, Bill, you know, you just blew past so-and-so. Or did you know that John does that really well? Or Bill, let me tell you about Susie. 
So you need those kind of people. And then so finally. So I'm a TNTJ too, and I can leave dead bodies behind me. I mean, that's I'm what I'm saying. And you didn't even mean to. You just don't even realize it. No. You're so focused. You look behind and you, the and they're all staring part, at you like. Exactly. The crazy part about it, Bill, is you're doing it for the benefit of the team, like in your mind, right? But then all of a sudden yes. you're like, wow, I just left a couple of dead bodies behind me. And uh, maybe I should slow down just a little bit and, uh, and bring them along with me, right? I mean, you're le- as a leader, you want to be out in front. However, you don't want to be too far out in front that your team's not understanding your vision and uh, why Absolutely. what you're doing. And so yeah, I no. completely understand that. And I love the tools. We use so many different tools uh, in assessing uh, teams. And when you understand, because, you know, I think what happens is when you're a hammer, you think everything's a nail. Mm-hmm. So depending on what your perspective is, you think that everyone's like you. And the truth is, oh, is it's, it's a good thing that they're not. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, so you, the people, people, people like some people like, I don't know, ENTJs might think, well, they're soft. I don't need those. You need the people. Without yes. the people, if nobody's behind you, you're not a leader. You're just going for a walk. I mean, there's yeah. nobody behind you. No one's following you. And then yeah. finally, the, the last quadrant is the red or the, the, the STs on the Myers-Briggs Typology Index, the rule followers, the, you know, the guys that drive ENTJs and some of the creatives batty because they're always talking about the rules, the regs, the doctrine. Mm-hmm. However, you'll never get an idea to sustainment, you know, until you have those guys on board. You're because right, because you have they to make things, Yep, they make it repeatable. Yep, yep. And, and they're okay with it. They're okay with they doing that day-to-day uh, work. And then they need to understand that you still have to innovate. Even if you're doing that day-to-day work, how could we make it better? How can we push it? Just like you were saying uh, when you were um, stationed for the two years and your um, supervisor said, hey, that, that's why I brought you here. <laughs> because yep. we need to move these guys to the next level, right? Okay, well, this is awesome. Okay, so so I have to ask one question in regards to, uh, and just uh, to wrap up, you had an amazing uh, TEDx talk. And what you talk about in regards to leadership is that there's really four great pillars of good leaders. And I'm sure this pr- probably resonated for Uh, you spoke earlier, Bill, about what do all these really great leaders have in common? Uh, And you broke it down into four areas, which is they're humble, they're hungry, they're heroes, and they have heart. So can you speak a little bit to that in regards to humble, where they're just not doing their job, right? They're hungry, so they're you know, want some knowledge, um, and they have courage. That's why you call them heroes. And then, really, that heart of um, wanting to, you know, serve others. So, can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how you came to that conclusion? Because I think that's a really great uh, way to communicate what truly at the because anybody, depending on their form of leadership, can have all four of those qualities. And it doesn't matter if you're answering phones. Or if you're, you know, the squadron commander, the wing commander, or a two-star, four-star, whatever, that they can have all those things and then really feed into them based off of, you know, their focus and how they want to lead. Yeah, I am. I I wish there was some great story behind that, but it was actually, I was teaching a course uh, here at Air University and uh, the students had to write a paper on their leadership philosophy. And it was an online course that I started teaching and the papers weren't good. And so I started wondering, well, it can't just be, I mean, because honestly, as a teacher, as a professor, 
if your students aren't doing well, uh, sometimes you have to look at yourself. <laughs> what am I not? What am I not teaching? Well, leadership and, and can started, be such an intangible too, right? Yes. So you were bringing the intangible to a tangible. So I, I looked through all of our all this curriculum that we were teaching them, and there was nothing in there about leadership philosophy. In other words, philosophically, what do you believe about leadership? And I think everybody has a different leadership philosophy. And then I started realizing that I had to come up with what I believed about philosophy, my leadership philosophy, before I could teach it. So that was where that idea of the hum, humble, hungry heroes of the heart or H4 came from for me was I started thinking like knowing myself the way I do, where, where do I struggle? If I don't real bill in, where, where do I struggle? So the idea is, I think, is, is you know, ENTJs, and we can go through a bunch of other uh, assessments, but, but as an ENTJ, one place I think the ENTJs struggle is, is humility. And it's not, and I don't mean because we're, we're arrogant and we're crazy, but we can appear that way in the way you just mentioned that you bowl people over and all stuff and they're like, what is he doing? Well, yeah. it's not that I meant to do that. So the idea of that H, the first H in humble was to remind me, I need to approach everything with humility, you know, and I mean that with people, when they bring ideas to me, I need to really almost like project this humility. So one thing I started doing as a commander, I never referred to anything with an I, a me, or a my, unless oh, I was in trouble. I do the same thing, Bill. I say we, doesn't matter what, that's yes. so funny. Unless I want to directly connect with somebody or take responsibility. It does yeah, what's help I mean? exactly. being an ENTJ because, you know, it's, uh, and, 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 and what's the crazy part about being an ENTJ is you know inherently you need that team. You know it. You do. Like it's, Absolutely. You yet, love the team. Yeah. Yet we, you could act it away because of quote unquote, we tell ourselves it's their benefit <laughs> mm -hmm. and everybody well, responds a little different. I love that. I'm going to have to uh, put that on my wall about uh, ensuring that you approach it in a humble manner. That's great. Yes. And then what so about the hungry aspects? Well, well, the hungry to me was that you got to keep learning, you know, so I say hungry, a lot of times people think hungry for the next opportunity, hungry for the corner office, hungry for the, the great parking spot. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the idea of being hungry for knowledge. In other words, I need to keep learning. I can't sit on my laurels and assume I know everything about leadership, about philosophy, about what have you. Yeah. Keep learning, keep you know being hungry for knowledge, hungry to understand the people you work with, hungry for that. We talked about strategy for that vision. You can never sit down and just go, we're good. I mean, yeah. an example, I, I enrolled about three months ago in a PhD program. Um, I, I'm like way past the prime of somebody that should go to a PhD, but I need to keep learning. So I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, let's formalize this. Let's, let's enroll and, in a doctorate's program. Yeah. Um, you know what? And, I don't know about you, Bill, but the more I learn, the more I realize the less I knew. <laughs> absolutely. And some of the smartest people I know will be the first ones to say, Oh, I don't know much about that. And you're like, you've got to be kidding me, man. You're the smartest guy I know. <laughs> exactly. So that's the hungry, that's the hungry part. Um, the, the hero part. And it's funny because I, some of the work I do, I still do over at Cambridge. Um, there's a negative side to saying heroic leadership because people are like, Oh, you're a hero. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying when you look up the word hero in the dictionary, it talks about people that are known um, really for the amazing work they've done and their courage and their character. So mm -hmm. when you think about that, I mean, right, we should look at the work we've done and think it's amazing. Otherwise, why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. I mean, you should be like, like flying jets or, or commanding a unit or the work I do at Air University. I, I think it's amazing work. And I'm not saying amazing because Bill's involved. 
I'm saying amazing because the team is doing really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And the next, the idea of being courageous, you know, heroes are courageous. And so you've got to look at something and think, why am I not taking that opportunity? Is it because you're scared? Because if you're scared, first of all, ask yourself why, and then understand, is this time for me to be courageous and move forward in a bold you know, manner to, to get this project going? And then the character piece, you know, because there's always the anti-hero, you know, or the Darth Vader, the Sith Lord, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've got a lot of stuff going on for them. However, their character is flawed. So mm-hmm. you do all those things, but you've got to do it with the right character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things we talk a lot about here at, at Air Command at Staff College in terms of leadership is we spend time looking at things like Aristotelian leadership and virtue and things like that to, to kind of re-cage people's mind. And, and what does that mean, you know, as far mm-hmm. as character, to have a strong character? So that's kind of what I mean when I talk about hero. It's not about the red cape blowing in the wind. Um, it's about those things, you know, doing amazing work being courageous and in having strong morals, virtues, and then of the heart, which is really, why do you do this? And this goes back to the ENTJ. Um, you got to realize, why do you do it? And you mentioned it. You do it for the people around you, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're hopefully doing it to make the world a better place. So of the heart to me is the idea of remembering the love side of this. And I'm not talking about Eros or any kind of a crazy love. I mean, just the agape, the, 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 yes. uh, the, you know, the brotherly love too. I mean, philo, I mean, how do we, why do we do what we do? Well, I mean, our leadership department is now, we've got about 17 people in the department at ACSC. And honestly, I love all those guys and girls. I mean, I love them for their unique strengths they bring and they're all very unique. They're all very diverse. And you've got to keep that in the forefront of your mind because there'll be days that things get crazy. You're frustrated you know, with the person down the hall and you're like, that guy doesn't get it. Okay. Recage it, Bill. Yeah. Coming back to center. Yes. Coming back to center. I I love the exciting work we do and I love the people I get to do it with. And when we tell ourselves that and that becomes our philosophy, our mantra, it helps. Yes. Well, and you can appreciate the diversity of everyone as well when you have that agape and and you're really doing it in service to humanity that, you know, when somebody's different than you, you can get super frustrated or you can acknowledge the fact that that's a good thing and that you can work through those challenges because you have your why, you have your vision, mm-hmm. you have that foundation of uh, in service to others. Well, this has been awesome. So I want to just have you share with uh, the listeners the quote that you were talking about that I love that um, Jeremy, uh, is he the founder of Giant? Yeah, Jeremy Kubitschek. He's the CEO yeah. for Giant. And, and share with us a little bit about that definition of leadership. Yeah. So uh, I, I'd met Jeremy in a weird way and I won't go into that, but uh, he and I decided that you know he was starting this new part of Giant called Giant Worldwide, which is their leadership consultancy. And uh, he invited us, uh, some of our team out to Atlanta to talk through some ideas. And, and he asked me to define leadership. And, uh, you know, I came up with a definition that was sort of half-baked. And he looked at me and he said, well, I really think that leadership is about knowing yourself to lead yourself, leading yourself to lead your team, and then creating organizations where everybody, and there's been a bunch of words he's used, but, but I would say where everybody flourishes. So the idea of, of knowing who you are and all the good that comes with it, but all the bad that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And then looking at your team in a diverse sense of knowing where do you fit on that team. But if you think about, you know, I love Marvel or any superhero movie. I, oh, I, me too. I love those. <laughs> but, you know, you look at these and you think, hmm, so look at all their superpowers. 
you know, and the idea if you have Spider-Man on your team and you think he's going to be Captain America, he's not. Let him be Spider-Man. Let Black Widow be Black Widow. She's really good at it. You know, letting those people do that. Um, and then finally, how do you then flip that and take care of them? You know, as they're using their superpowers, how do you let them flourish? You know, do more of what they're good at. So that, that was Jeremy's input on that one. I think that's amazing. Well, this has been such an inspiring podcast. Leadership is a huge, huge part of everything we do, regardless if it's in the military, if it's in corporate America. And so how can our listeners get a hold of you, Bill? You know, Carla, I have a blog. Uh, and when I say a blog, it's, it's a website, um, but it's at uh, m100group.com. Um, it's a blog that I write on. And I, it's funny because to me, that's my therapy. <laughs> um, you know, when I talk about being hungry for knowledge, if I see something that catches my interest, I'll go and do some research on it. Then I'll write about it. And, and sometimes, I mean, people love it. And sometimes people think, why in the world would you write a, a blog post about Jim Morrison and, um, you know, his nickname, Mojo Risen? I don't know. I was just curious. <laughs> I wanted to, I want to learn more. Um, so it's not all about leadership, but it's things that usually strike me as uh, curious. Yeah. Well, Hey, you got to stay hungry, right, Bill? Yep. Exactly. Right. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, sir, for being on the show with us today. And thank you for your service to our country. Thank you, Carl. It's been, it's been great. Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life.